Hey, everybody. Welcome. Uh, we are live back at the Hotelier Pulse Report session with our good friends from and members from guest-centric and great hotels of the world. It's wonderful to be back. It feels like it's been some time, actually. I was just saying earlier to Pedro, who is just joining us right now. Pedro, how are you? Great to Hi, see very you. Very good. We're, we're doing good. Doing good. Very good. It's it's. I was just thinking, you know, it's been now so long. I'm a bit rusty. I think it's. <laughs> you're, you're gonna have to yeah, no, I don't right. think you can get rusty. Come on. <laughs> have, have you been keeping well? Are you are you, are you yeah, healthy? I know, and well? things, yeah, things have been good. As I was telling you earlier on, you know, the summer went reasonably well. Uh, I've done two business uh, travel. Uh, weeks in four weeks so i think things are getting back to normal very good excellent well for those of you who don't know pedro clarco is guest centric ceo and great hotels of the world ceo and we do this together uh, uh, every month normally to do the hotelier pulse but we missed the last two months due to scheduling reasons and and summer seasons and all of those things so it's great to be back and joining us joining us today we're thrilled to also have Jens Egermalm, who is with Paradox, based out of Belgium, I think, Jens, right? You're in Belgium, right? Yes, Pandox, yeah, exactly. Pandox, and, no, uh, sorry, so, Paradox, um, my... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, from Brussels. Sorry, I'll just, I'll just go away now and step back and get that right, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have you with us, Jens. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Okay, so we are here to talk about the 18th edition highlights from uh, the uh, Hotelier Pulse report. And um, as always, I always do like to remind people that um, for hoteliers especially, in order for us to get the, the rich data that we need for these reports, uh, it'd be great if you could do the surveys. So the survey links will be thrown up into the comments section for the next report. So make sure that uh, if you're a hotelier, make sure you check that out and please add to that uh, data. It would be very, very helpful for the reports. And of course, don't uh, forget to ask us any questions or leave any comments in the comments section. And if you do, make sure you tag the person that you'd like the question to go to. Uh, so that we can make sure that they get that straight away. Okay, um, so why don't we get straight into it? Um, basically, uh, what I might do also is bring up your uh, report as well here, the, the, the data that we have. Um, so, you know, the addition that we are speaking of now indicates that the industry is relatively optimistic about the business performance over the last 12 months. Um, so, Jens, why don't we get straight into it and, and ask you, would you typically agree with this sentiment or do you have uh, other opinions based on where you're sitting at the moment? No, I think we are optimistic, right? And, and uh, I think also that uh, gradually the optimism is kind of has, has accelerated, uh, I think, since pretty much, uh, let's say, three, four or five months ago. So, so I think, yeah, it is, it is getting more, more optimistic um, like we were saying, I think in our last market updates that we actually even feel like we're a little bit ahead of schedule when it comes to recovery, uh, nothing dramatic, but still we were saying like, wow, yeah, where we are now, maybe we wouldn't have expected to be until maybe January next year. So, so yeah, nice. I, I, I will agree. Excellent. And I think by the looks of this slide, Pedro, uh, optimism seems to be moving towards the green, which is also a very good sign. Yeah, so so we introduced a new uh, a new question which you're going to be tracking on a monthly basis going forward, which is this sort of between one and ten. How do you feel about uh, how do you feel about your business performance for the next twelve months? And people are moderately optimistic. I have here some other data that I think is sort of interesting that that sort of justifies this optimism. If we go and look at 
where we ended up in the summer. You look at September and we did 78%, uh, um, uh, I'm sorry, August, and we did 78% of 2019. And then September, 73%. October is not done yet. And we're at 67%. So 20, we should not never forget that 2019 was an extremely, it was the best year ever, right? So, so when we're benchmarking against 2019, we're benchmarking against the, the best year ever. So I think this, these are really good results. And I, so, so from a perspective of, of what's on the books, is certainly things are looking good. Um, also, uh, we have now surpassed on the books versus, you know, uh, real data from 2020. We're up. And I think this is also increasing the optimism of people saying, OK, you know what? Even if things don't go very well in, this, in these last two and a half months, we're probably going to be uh, up from 2020. And that's already a sign that, you know, things are getting better. And then, you know, the third element that I would say here is adding to optimism is the pickup of uh, October, November and December bookings. Um, pickup has been very slow, very last minute. Um, even though we are getting good results, it's all very last minute. So it's very unpredictable. So people have very little visibility. Um, October, we are seeing huge peaks in, in demand. And then no November is picking up earlier. And December, actually, if you compare here, the, the orange line is the 2021 line of pickup. Actually, the acceleration is happening earlier than in 2019. So I think all of these compounded are adding to this optimism that is setting in. That's excellent. I don't know if Jens, if you agree with this, if you see this in your properties also. Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much. I mean, of course, very dependent on, on the market, but uh, I'd say the, of course, the hotels, which are city center group hotels, they are struggling a bit more, like yeah. ratio wise, uh, because that, like those big pieces or let's say need even medium sized group business pieces are not there yet. Um, but but yeah, for more let's say transient and and leisure focused hotels, uh, they 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 do well. Um, and I'd say like now it's a uh, generally this optimism. Uh, what like one thing that uh, that we uh, kind of encountered lately was also that like us that sit and look a lot at the data, the revenue managers and, and like kind of a regional office, you see this optimism, right? And that you're happy that business is coming back, but that's not always the case in the hotels, right? Because they don't really see what we see and they don't see that pickup. So there's still like this, maybe, I don't know, 25 check-ins per day. So like the, just this idea also that, you know, to communicate optimism, I found, we found important just to, uh, you know, everybody should know that like this is now going in the right direction because a lot of like people in the hotels have gone 18 months now with just kind of nothing. And, you know, it, uh, so I think communicating the, you know, the, the light that's there now, uh, I think is, is important. Yeah. Well, what are you um, what are your expectations as well, Jens, perhaps over for the next 12 months? Is that something that you've um, thought about? Like, I'm sure you have. But as a, as a brand, as a company, what, what's, what are you expecting for the next 12 months? Um, so for the next 12 months, uh, well, I think that uh, uh, we're not uh, we're not expecting to be at 2019. I think that's that's quite clear. Uh, so like the very dependent on markets again, like whether it's it's more of a group focused uh, uh, market or if it's more let's say regional business, uh, they they can do really well. But yeah, we will not make 2019. I think that's quite clear. Uh, but we'll, we we'll might come 
somewhere uh, somewhere close. Maybe we'll do uh, three quarters of that, maybe a bit more. Mm, but mm. I think that's kind of where what the expectation is. Okay. Okay, oh, we've got an interesting comment here as well from Sasha Dalek, who's with Wyndham Hotels, and he's seeing, or he's, he's, he says that he agrees with you, but the pickup on a wider scale is seen, but still seeing hotels struggle extremely hard while others are running like hell. I wonder if that's uh, a geographical issue as well. Sasha, it'd be great if you could give us a little more context on that. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. Are you seeing that as well? Some hotels doing better than others? And uh, perhaps Pedro, you, I mean, you've got hotels everywhere. Are you seeing that as well? No doubt. And I think, uh, you know, if you look at even regionally, we have regions that outperform others. Um, we are seeing, especially in city center hotels and leisure destinations, uh, the comeback has been tremendous in the last, I would say, four to six weeks. Uh, uh, but in, in destinations that are more business oriented, for instance, like London, where we still see, you know, a lot of struggle. I think London obviously has been hit also with the Brexit uh, effect, and that hasn't been uh, good for it also. So, so I think that we are seeing where there's um, a strong sense of leisure, whether it's domestic or international, things that are coming back quickly, where um, you know destinations relied a lot on international business travel, things are taking um, quite a bit longer and uh, but it's coming back, right? I don't know if uh, I don't know if I have the data here, but the GDS is coming back now. We're still seventy five percent down, by the way. We're just yeah. at twenty five percent, but at twenty five percent, that's ten times what we were getting last year. So yeah. so it's coming back. It's and it looks like it's sustaining um, uh, some yeah. growth. So I also uh, wanted to. Oh, sorry, Jens, please go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, because I thought GDS was that was interesting because that, like, anything that has to do with GDS has pretty much been, like, like no one wants to talk about that in the last year and a half. Like, if anybody mentioned even to do any marketing around that, like, it's just a no-go. But now, for the first time, we're kind of, our, for some properties, we're saying, okay, maybe it's time to do something uh, for next yeah. year. So, so that's, that's good. Uh, that, that at least is a positive sign. Yeah, yeah. And there's a response from Sasha as well now on the screen. So it seems like it's very in line, um, Pedro, with what you were saying earlier as well. So seems to be relatively consistent. But since May 2021, or since May this year, obviously your you know, guest-centrics market uh, trend analysis shows that consistent growth in international hotel bookings. Uh, and there's also growth expecting expectation among hoteliers for international travel to significantly contribute to the recovery. Um I'm not sure how that is now, given the status with uh, the the um, uh, the uh, the word escapes me now the the jab, <laughs> but uh, and yeah, since the people, vaccination, people, the vaccination. Thank you. But since more people are being vaccinated, so I'm curious to see what that might might also show. But um, from from that perspective, Jens, what are your expectations? And in your opinion, what should hoteliers be doing to capitalize on this? So I'd like to go to Jens first, and then Pedro, I'll get your opinion. As sure. Well. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think for most, for the majority of the markets, I mean, international travel, uh, you know, absolutely needs to needs to be there, like a part of the mix for us to for us to kind of uh, reach the both short term and, and long term uh, goals. Um, uh, I think that like what has been the the main uh, let's say tactic or the way been working is, like during the pandemic has been a lot like you kind of need someone that stay, stays really close to the latest news of what's happening like restrictions and opening up and you know to, to kind of keep track of that 
Uh, I think now when that is becoming sort of when things are opening up and that it's becoming less volatile, uh, we're looking, I'd say, more focus on like looking at which markets are, uh, let's say, are worthwhile maybe uh, doing marketing on. So which source markets can we now start to spend a little bit on, on digital marketing? Uh, so we'd be looking at things like conversion rates and to see, yeah. ah, okay, so these guys are not only looking anymore, they're, uh, they're, they're also starting to, to convert. So, so I'd say the, the, to keep track still of, of uh, looking at source market and see who's, who's, who's actually booking and, uh, and, and, and taking action on that, I think is important. Yeah, absolutely. And this slide here, Pedro, sorry, uh, and from your perspective as well, and then maybe talk to this slide. So, yeah, so so basically there's three points that I marked here. It's January, May, and, and September, right? And the, the left side is the expectation. So this is our results from our survey of what hopefully is our saying. And then the right side is actually on the books. And the expectation early in the year was, you know, Almost seventy uh, percent of business would come from leisure, uh, from domestic, and and the remainder from international, and that has has actually stayed pretty stable through May. But what we saw actually was that that in May that was the crossover where we started getting more international uh, people checking out of hotels uh, than than domestic, and that has been growing consistently through the summer. Um, and I think that is now so so as hotels are going through this process, and I think Jens had a, a great point, and I think uh, um, 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 uh, that that actually, you know, some hotels are are seeing this and therefore they're now saying, OK, international is back. We're good. And some hotels are still not seeing this. So they're still sort of back in the in the domestic thing, which which sort of um, gives us sort of a, 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 a two worlds uh, here. But, uh, but I do believe that international has come back very, very strongly. Um, if we look at, at least from our CRS, what we see in terms of source markets was that in May, and by the way, I should say that, you know, most of our hotels are in Western Europe and in North America. Um, so in May, the, the, the biggest source market was the UK and then Germany, uh, but already the US. And actually in September, things have shifted quite significantly with the U.S. taking on already number one for international travel. And also Brazil showing up with the latest, you know, uh, lifting of restrictions for travel from Brazil. So I think things are changing. And we, we, if, if we look at it, how it has evolved, you know, we are seeing that actually everything seems to be moving in the right direction. And I think that's all of this is just compounding to the optimism that's setting in, you know, always with a caveat if people don't enable new travel restrictions, right? As the markets are opening up, what we're seeing, and I think vaccination in Europe has been doing, you know, very well. And, you know, countries like Denmark, countries like Portugal, countries like Spain are, you know, have reopened pretty much with, without, without any limitations per se. And, and I think that's going to just, if we don't see a big spike in deaths, I think that's going to be, um, you know, a, a, a just compounding optimism. And, and you know, I was at IHF in Berlin um, a few weeks ago, and I think everybody was saying the next couple of years are going to be tremendous and uh, revenge travel is back, is going to be here because people have been saving up. So if you look mm -hmm. at economics, um, fundamentals, people have money in their pockets and they're going to be traveling. So so yeah. as long as we keep the, the sort of the pandemic under control, uh, travel is going to go booming. I think that's that's sort of the the the, the expectation. 
Yeah, yeah. Question here from Sasha as well, uh, based on those slides, uh, Pedro, is, is, is that is this international travel intercontinental or is it more, or is this more neighborhood international travel? Do you, so you break that down? I would say that most of this international travel is into Europe. So th the only thing that's intercontinental is really the US and Brazil coming mm -hmm. into Europe. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, so obviously we're seeing the, the, the bounce back, um, but I think there's still sentiment there that the international business travel is really not going to come back until 2023. Would you, would you agree with that? Or is that something that you might be more um, robust with? That's, those are the results of our survey, right? But, but if you look at, you know, uh, the results, they're not uh, international business travel. So we ask people, when do you expect, you know, things to outgrow pre-pandemic levels? And, you know, a significant amount of people said 2022 and the other said, you know, 2023. But I, I do think that, especially in terms of business travel, um, I do think that there's going to be a delay. Uh, also, mm -hmm. because, you know, the budgets that have been cut, the CFOs are not just going to sign off on, on, on you know, putting those budgets on uh, the 2022 business plan again. So so I do think that, you know, we're not going to go quite back to where we were, uh, but we're going to see, you know, si significant growth from, you know, this year because this year, you know, business travel was very, very limited. Yeah. So, Jens, how do you believe that hoteliers should be adjusting their strategies to align with this? Um, I think the, the so international business is interesting um, because you also have this, like the aspect of, of course, you have kind of restrictions and you've got company policies that might be restricting this. And you have Amazon, Apple and Google saying like people can work from home, you know, until until they retire. Yeah. So you also have like this thing now also that, that you know, you cannot forget this, that uh, is that like, companies also realizing potentially that some things can be done hybrid. So you don't have, you shouldn't underestimate this kind of like the idea that there will generally be less business travel, like in, in kind of medium or even long term. Now, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, that, that, you know, that's potentially there, but I also think there are like opportunities if you look, uh, if you look kind of more regionally or, or locally around corporate, because I think a lot of the leisure that we see, if, uh, if, if you're kind of looking at booking.com or Expedia, like a lot of that is also, is also business travel, right? So you kind of have this, you know, the, the more, the smaller companies, the entrepreneurs, the kind of people that needs to go out and see people and, uh, and, and still travel. I think that's there. Um, yeah. One, uh, so, so I think like your, you know, your agency 360, you know, GDS data, which have shown the same companies for the last three years in the report. I think that those are potentially not like going to help you, uh, but maybe you need to be like a little bit more active and, and kind of find out who's actually traveling in the market now. And they're more, let's say more potential uh, to, to, to find locally. Yeah. I couldn't agree more because I think, you know, the Johnson and Johnson's of the world, the BMWs of the world, those are going to have the big corporate policies of saying you can fly here, you cannot fly there. You have to do all of this in advance and so on. But, you know, the mid market, the small medium businesses, they want to get business. Right. And they've mm -hmm. been hurting for a couple of years. So they want to get back on the road and, and see if they can drum up business. And and there there's a lot more flexibility and uh, I agree with Jens. I mean, you have to find out who those companies are and do, you know, spot uh, sales uh, sales um, uh, actions to them. Actually, 
we, as you, as you know, Andre, on the great hotel side, we do a lot of stuff for, for events and meeting planners, yeah. and we're starting yeah. to see that come back, right? Yeah. So uh, actually, this just this week, we did a fan trip with quite a bunch of uh, meeting planners um, to a destination. And, and, you know, all of that is going to come back in a different way, as Jens is saying, right? So it's probably it's not the big companies that are going to come back first. It's the individual guys that really have hurt and, but they believe in the business and they're, they're going to invest and they're going to travel. So, yeah. so I, I think it's, um, it's interesting. The other thing that I, that I thought was interesting bringing up here is we said, you know, what's important and so on. And this, this whole working from the hotel thing still doesn't seem to be taking traction. It's still, you know, the lowest priority. I'm mm-hmm. not sure what this means, right? Uh, I'm just putting it out there as a sort of a, an interesting nugget of information that, you know, we've been talking about this for a couple of years now, right? <laughs> and it's still not not quite happening. I don't yeah, know. it's not yeah. really taking off. No, I agree with that. Like we haven't had, like we've also, let's say, it's also been part of some of the actions that's been there and implementing different offers that tailors to that. But so far, I've not heard that that was a real success. Yeah. Like it hasn't been one of those. Uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. The other thing that I think that's inter- interesting on this slide as well is the top there is the direct channel as the top reservation channel. So clearly, um, you know, that that's uh, recovering well and recovering fast. The majority of hoteliers survey aim to establish their direct channel as the top source of reservations, which is great news. I think it's, it's, it's wonderful that that's starting to be treated as a priority. Um, considering the rise of Google Meta Search this year and how OTAs are reverting back to pre-pandemic visibility marketing efforts, uh, what are the implications to distribution and what should hoteliers be aware of when planning their strategies for next year and beyond, Jens? What do you think? Um, I think that, uh, well, well, first of all, I think the, um, generally, the, in my opinion, at least like a lot of times you, you see like that brand web is a priority that they, you know, hotels tell us wants to have it as like a top of the list. Uh, now the question is more like whether they execute and, and they follow the strategy and they make the investments in it. Uh, now, like for, for us, it's more of a, uh, let's say the priority within, within Pandox has always been more focused on, on overall acquisition cost and distribution costs. So like more of a focus of saying, okay, like how can we generate more profitable revenues? So whether that means that booking comes, you know, via, uh, uh, let's say the brand web, or or if it comes through GDS or or an OTA, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it's more related to how how high it yields. Um, so I so I think that that's one thing uh, to have like kind of that overall focus, because of course you can drive a lot of brand web if you're willing to spend a lot of money. Um, but I think like one thing now that's important and that's on the kind of a lot of discussions now is to, okay, how much do we spend next year and like how much are we going to to invest in the brand web channel, especially on media? Uh, and I and I think especially since when you see markets come back and you see if you see really see that your OTA channels are coming back, uh, and you haven't started your let's say at least your basic digital media, then mm-hmm. I think you're missing out. Like mm-hmm. I think that also like when you're saying okay we don't have budget for next year, it's not really an excuse I would say for. You know, because if that if that business is there, then you know, basically by not investing, you're missing out on 
commission cost savings, right? So, so I think that that's uh, that's one thing, and and especially now, I think with Google, uh, with Google offering both upper funnel and lower funnel options as TripAdvisor also is doing, like it's exciting. It's a lot of new different channels to use. Uh, I haven't seen any real uh, studies yet of how well like those new methods have worked, especially like property promotion ads on Google. I haven't seen yet like exactly how they've been performing, but it's, it's probably going to come soon. Uh, but there are lots of options out there. And I think that, you know, hotels in general, you shouldn't be afraid to invest. You know, you, you kind of need to, it's hard because you're kind of fighting against the control, the financial control or the GM, and they don't want to put down the money. They're willing to pay the commission costs, but they're not willing to, to make an upfront mm-hmm. investment. And you need to have some good, solid arguments. And you need to yeah. show like why we're doing this. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, those are excellent points, and and uh, we, I mean, uh, I think there's there's quite a few topics that that Jens covered, but w- one of them uh, that I think is, is sort of important to highlight is, uh, you know, a lot of people are looking at pickup and pickup, you know, Booking.com has been outperforming the direct channel since you know April or so this year, but if you look at state nights, um, actually, you know, the direct channel has been number one for all our pro- for for the you know the the the, the the sum of our product properties, I shouldn't say for all of our properties, right? Mm. Um, and 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 that is really because obviously the direct channel has a much lower um, cancellation rate than the OTAs. Now, having this said, um, you know, I think hotels are getting used to a certain level of direct. And just like Jens is saying, for next year, things are going to be looking different because booking has been opening and closing their 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 digital campaigns. And for next year, we can all, we can be sure that Booking and Expedia are going to go full. You know, if this re- revenge travel is happening, they're going to go full guns blazing after mm. customer acquisition. So I think you know hotels need to prepare to work harder next year. That does not mean they have to spend more money. Uh, it means they probably need to use some tactics to go after uh, to go after these 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 new age customers, so to say. So I think that that's one thing um, that that's really important. Um, the other thing is, I think booking pace has been stabilizing and getting closer to normal, which means we can go back to more normal behavior from a digital perspective, right? As Jens was saying, okay, should we invest in campaigns? What should we do? Should we start doing some, you know, um, early booking promotions? Should we, you know, I think we have to go back to that. Everybody was sort of navigating the next week, and we need to go start thinking about the next three, four months. Um, to see if we can, you know, start planning, working with our partners, whether they're agencies or or website people or booking engine people or revenue management people, working with them and trying to come up with a strategy for what we're going to do for 2022. Because what worked in 2021 will not work the same in 2022 because the competitive environment is going to be very different, I think. The OTAs are going to be very aggressive. The brands, right, Marriott, Hilton and so on are going to be very aggressive. And therefore, you know, if you're an independent hotel, you need to think about what you're going to be doing in 2022. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, just to add like one thing to that, like one thing we have said is uh, like we don't expect like our sales and marketing efficiency to be like if if we know that, you know, there's less demand, uh, pretty much every hotel is back. Like how can we expect to have the same efficiency in sales and marketing spend that we have in 2019? So that's also something like, just to get that across and so to say, okay, well, you know, uh, we're going to spend, these are our targets, but we also know that, you know, we're, we're not going to get the, potentially the, as high return. Of course, that's the goal to get back there. 
but you know, in order to be like competitive in this uber competitive environment, yeah, we, we kind of need to accept that. So you need to find like where your pain point is and then kind of you go for it. Uh, but I think that a little bit of flexibility there is also good. Mm -hmm. We have a question. And just to add on to that, Anna. I'm, so, I'm sorry. Just to add on to that, I think, you know, one of the things that you need to worry about is mobile, right? Look at the growth that mobile has been experiencing. You know, is this here to stay or was this a pandemic glitch? Probably this is here to stay, right? Because this has been going on for so long that consumer habits have changed, right? So if you're not doing anything, you know, with mobile, you're losing out. Uh, so I think these are the sort of things that you need, we need to think through because the pandemic has lasted so long, consumers have changed, right? Yeah, indeed. It's interest. Like I remember also we were, I can't, can't remember what, what constellation or so, but we were looking at it because it was always 50, 60% on views. And we were all and saying like, ah, but it's still only like 15% or so. But all of exactly. a sudden, oh, it's 50, 50 now. Also <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, we've been harping on the importance of mobile for some time, and it's interesting now. It's really starting to be validated by that slide, especially. It's very interesting. Um, okay, so Felipe Santiago from BlueShift has, has left a question for us, which is, is there an increased pace towards online channels when compared to pre-pandemic? Um, and is this the end of the bricks and mortar travel agent? And insight on the very traditional German market could be interesting. Uh, Jens, would you like to have a go at yeah. that one? Sure. Well, I, I think it's interesting that topic uh, because if you look now at the mix of like your uh, like a few of our of our German properties, like now it yeah it, it looks completely different than what we were used to right now. Mm -hmm. Like now you kind of have uh, OTAs making up a much higher part in direct and brand web, and you know you don't have that old let's say direct FITs are not there. If you had some or and. Uh, uh, your GDS is not there, so I well, I, I think that that's it's going in that direction. I think generally, travel agency and 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 stat at least static FIT. I think the ones that are that are shifting and and working with dynamic rates are the ones that that can still let's say survive and and it's going to work because I don't see that the the, the you know the old school way of, of FIT fixed rates, uh, at least according to sort of what our, you know, uh, how we see the future is, is going to survive. Because uh, mm. that, 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 that's kind of been, been and that's not, that's not new, right? Like that's, that's happened years before, uh, happened already for several years. So, uh, so I, I, sure there will always be like a part of business, of a little transient that, that that's going to book through that, but I think it's going to be smaller. And I think the ones that are moving towards at least facilitating and working with the systems that the hotels are using uh, are the ones that, that will do, do the best. Okay, excellent. Pedro, do you want to add any comment to that? No, uh, what I would say is, uh, you know, uh, brick and mortar uh, travel agents have been, you know, announced that since 1997. So I don't think they're going to go anywhere, to be very no, honest. I, no. I think they have to reinvent themselves. They're probably going to have to have, you know, more nimble business models. They have to abandon, you know, some of the practices. But I also think that the pandemic has created, for instance, a huge opportunity for selling insurance, right? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. typically the travel agent's domain, if you will, right? Now, mm -hmm. I think brand.com can invest in selling insurance, uh, but I think typically the travel insurance is about insuring the package, not just the hotel, um, the, not just the hotel piece. I also, you know, there's a couple of other data points that, that I thought was interesting. We were having a conversation earlier um, today and um, and a person, somebody was telling me, you know, um, 
that consumers are now potentially splitting their reservations where they may, you know, book their uh, flight with Expedia and then their accommodation on booking.com just to sort of spread the risk. So there are sort of certain things that I think we can't anticipate yet as this new uh, normal sets in. Um, but I would say travel agents are still there. It's still important to have corporate agreements, um, mm -hmm. all that stuff, because all of that stuff is going to come back. And if you don't do it now, when it comes back, your competitor is going to get that traffic and not you. So that's the only thing that I would say, right, is, yeah. is that, you know, would I invest in consortia programs with Amex for 2022? I don't know. It depends on, you know... Uh, it depends on, on, on what your business mix was in 2019 and where you want it to be and so on. But, yeah. but um, those are tough decisions, obviously, that people have to make. Um, you know, and we know that in 2020, you know, there was very little consortia of people signing up. And thank God, because there was very little business, right? Uh, yeah. But for 2022, you know, some people will, some people won't. But I think th that's the reason why I'm saying you need to start thinking about these things now or you won't be able to get a reasonable or a competitive 2022. Yeah. Um, our very own Leah has left a question as well, which is a good one. What are the key areas to invest in in terms of a direct distribution strategy as a hotelier and what are the best ways to identify them? Uh, Jens, that's, that's a good question, especially given these times. Yeah. I mean, the, the I think like a lot of... I think it hasn't necessarily changed a lot in that aspect. I think a lot of the tools that are there have added features, but I think like you, you have your basics, right? So you've got your paid search uh, uh, yeah, that you need to cover. You've got your meta search that, that you need to cover. Uh, you've got your kind of uh, remarketing side of things that you want to cover potentially on social and also on display. Uh, and you have like your more organic side and content side. Uh, this is kind of discard, disregarding at this point that the, the technology needs to be good, of course. Uh, mm. But I think that they, they are there and to have, you know, look at your sources on, on the website and to see where they normally, you know, where, where people finding you. And I think uh, to, to kind of stimulate all of them in a way, uh, not forgetting like where you get, used to get your referrals from. Uh, but and I, and I think like there are a lot of opportunities. Like for instance, that you know, there's a lot of cost per acquisition models now that are available, so you can also get a lot less risk. So that's why I, why I say also I think that if you if you are open for OTAs, there's actually no real excuse to not do meta search, for instance. Like if there's cost yeah. per acquisition, I mean you just should do it. The, uh, so I, I think uh, the the uh, I would say those are the focus yeah. areas. Exactly. And, and, and maybe on the topic of MetaSearch, uh, uh, you know, we rolled out to all our hotels at No Extra Crest for, for 2020 and the, 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 the Google Free Booking program. I think this was back in, you know, I don't know, March, April or so this year. And, uh, and I was surprised. So obviously it doesn't, it, it's not a, a, a huge volume, but it's still an uplift of, say, I would say probably 5 to 7% on the direct bookings. So I think, I mean, the strategy has always been, and we've seen this pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, the strategy is one of, you have to use many tools to, to, to get those direct bookings, you know, whether it's, you know, making sure that your offer is right and you have the right price, but also the messaging and the shopping cart recovery and, you know, activation mm -hmm. messages and urgency messages and, you know, confidence messages and all this other stuff. If you add it all up, you can truly double your bookings, right? Your direct bookings. So, you know, in Google Meta Search, even just a free uh, program 
is another five to 10%. So why not do that, right? You know, make sure that your booking engine provider provides you that, right? Uh, you know, that, that, that link. So, so I think that, again, I think it's time to go back and take our heads out of the sand, look at the whole portfolio of tools that we have in front of us and say, okay, I want to do this and this and this. And we need to start planning now because mm -hmm. we're going to have to fight, fight for, for the bookings next year. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And Leah's also um, got another good question here in terms of overall distribution landscape ecosystem. What changes or shifts are you anticipating, uh, i.e. which distribution partners will be stronger players versus who will lose some relevance, perhaps? Jens? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, um, I, I think, no surprises, really, I would say. I mean, Google, for sure, will continue to be dominant. Uh, I think a lot of at least from, from our side, a lot of hotels will invest a lot more in their marketing uh, okay. possibilities there. Uh, then, uh, like, at least from a European perspective, Booking.com has been very strong, right? Mm. So, it's like, in the more Nordic markets, Expedia has done well through Hotels.com. Uh, but the feeling is that Booking.com in general for European market is better. So, and yeah, so, so the kind of the, the, the sentiment is currently that a little bit that maybe Expedia is struggling and will lose some market share. Uh, with that said, it's those two, right? There, there's no real focus on any other players right now uh, in, in, on the OTA side from hotels. There are, of course, there are, we know who the others are, but there's no, there's nothing that kind of like, if you, if you want to focus on impactful channels, it's, it's those two. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree 100. percent Now, I, I, I did. I was looking uh, earlier today at you know some of the more traditional, say, uh, bed banks and uh, and tour operators, which you know, uh, bed, hotel beds pretty much gobbled up everybody uh, in the bed bank space. So that's sort of the only viable bed bank looking forward that I'm that I'm looking at, right? Yeah. And then I, I also tried to look a little bit at the tour operators. You know, people like Jet Two and. Uh, and, you know, and team coming and all those other guys, right? And and obviously 2020 was a terrible year for them because of the opening and closing of, of, of routes. They really weren't able to get their act together, uh, but they haven't, you know, they haven't gone away. So I'm sure they're planning 2022 summer right now. So I don't know what's going to come out of it. Um, and I don't know how much hotels are willing to work with them, given that they've had reasonable summers just having, you know, direct and OTAs and actually lower, you know, uh, lower commission channels, being able to provide them with very good um, performance. Actually, you know, sort of side note, I was talking to a guy that runs a, a group of 20, 20 odd hotels and he said, Pedro, I had properties where I had less occupancy, but better results because I didn't pay 30 and 35% commission to the tour operators. So, mm -hmm. so that's sort of just a side note here. I don't know how, how much they're going to be able to come back. But for sure, in 2022, they're going to be a force, right? They're still there. They still have their planes. They still have, you know, their contracting capacity. Uh, let's see what happens. And, and again, I think yeah. that's why there's all these strategic questions that people need to start, you know, because you're not going to make a decision and just go, right? You need to, mm -hmm. to think about them and sort of plan A, scenario A, scenario B, scenario C, and, and be adjusting as we go along. Yeah, and I find, yeah. like, one of the strategic uh, I think decision which are interesting is the conversation around like the big brands now, like how, like 
are they really how much are they contributing when a lot of the focus is on loyalty global business travel right like yeah. what's the, actually the benefit now uh, and and of course i mean we've seen it also in in some of our properties where you know brand web is not performing as well as you probably would have hoped well it's not so so surprising actually because yeah it's global travel business travel loyalty and yeah they're not currently not traveling so that that's another aspect i'm not saying it's going to go in one way or the other but but it's something to consider uh if you're uh let's say thinking more on a branding level you know does it make sense to kind of be a big corporate brand yeah it's interesting right and and also you know also sort of a note from 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 berlin and uh, where the investors are now looking at resorts, right? Because mm -hmm. resorts suddenly are, you know, hot assets, given that, you know, if there's this focus on leisure and people can actually travel more towards the, you know, throughout the year as, you know, working arrangements are much more flexible because if I'm working from home, I could be working from a resort and my family's on vacation. So I think that, you know, in that mix and uh, talking about to what Jens was saying, right? Probably a lot of those properties are independent, can do a better job as independents than if mm -hmm. they go to one of the large brands. Um, mm -hmm. Even actually in terms of demanding price, to be you know, to, to be very honest. So so yeah. so we'll see what happens in that in that sort of segment, which is very hot because of all the leisure focus of the pandemic. Um, it's uh, interesting days ahead, but I think great yes. great great things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're, we're coming up to the 45th minute, guys. So we are uh, getting close to our end of time. Before we before we do get to the end of it, I would just like to ask anyone that is watching, please make sure to um, throw any questions you might have towards our panelists for today. If you do have any questions or comments, don't forget. And also, please, um, to get access to the report, uh, well, Leah will put the link into the uh, comment section so that you can have access to this report as well as the, um, the survey for the next report. If you're a hotelier, please make sure that you click on that and add your data into that. Um, we have another question here from Pedro uh, Salazar, and he's asking, will we be able to sell non-refundable rates in the future? Are the clients losing respect to them and should we keep focus on flexibility? Jens, what do you think? Yeah, that's interesting. Like we were saying that we like it's weird because hotels were panicking a little bit when they realized that the only thing we could come up with to offer a promotional rate, like the only like restriction we can come up with is putting a non-refundable. Because <laughs> now you were in a position where okay, okay, we want to offer a promotional rate. Okay, okay, so it's ten percent off. Okay, what's the benefit? Like, like, why would I? Like, why not just, uh, like, what, what's the difference compared to the flexible? Like, there's, there was nothing. The only thing that we can come up with, it's non-refundable. So then you got the semi-flex that came in and you were kind of trying a little bit with the, these. Uh, and, and, and yeah, and I mean, most hotels also, you can also not put prepaid on because a lot of hotels don't charge until you arrive. So, so yeah, so I, I think like for now, at least a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, at least our properties are continuing to keep flexible options uh, but I think we need to be more creative also on the promotional side like this cannot be it I mean there must be other ways we can see how we can you know uh, like create like we need to get also that back I think in the booking engine experience to, to have you know like 
some kind of, of, of stimulation to find like to, to get people to actually make the booking uh, and uh, in, in what constellation uh, I'm mm. not sure but but yeah I, I see also the flexibility I mean I, I can imagine it can stay for a long time this 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 extra safety and that people are willing to pay a little bit extra you know whether it's an insurance or 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 just extra for flexibility I can imagine that can stay in in travelers minds for a while yeah yeah just, I, 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 sorry go ahead Andre no I was just also sorry Pedro I didn't mean to cut you off I just wanted to also add to that like a bit of left of field asking you know perhaps a way to be a little bit more creative around that is to to offer more uh, attribute-based pricing and shopping opportunities for, for guests. And, I mean, that might be a perfect uh, thing to introduce now. Is that something mm -hmm. that you've considered, Jens? Yeah, we've, we've, we have looked at doing that as well. And, and I mean, the, the technology also these days, you can do a lot of, like, yeah. seamless. Like, they're so good, uh, some of the, like, some of the booking engine solutions. So, so yeah, it, yeah, like, everything is kind of there, right? Like, so, so the, the I think that you know, will will that's probably going to be a hotter, uh, a hotter topic because the mm. technology is ready, and I think mm. the market is potentially also ready for it. So. Yeah, I think the market is ready for it as well. I think people would really love to have the opportunity to pick and choose what they'd like in their rate, per mm. se. Sorry, Pedro, yeah. I didn't mean to. to no, cut no, 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 no problem. I know. I, I was just going to jump on the on the sort of non-refundable thing, and and uh, you know, I think that. Yes, uh, I think uh, some people will, we should get non-refundable rates back on. Uh, also as a way to anchor the price, right? Because as Jens was saying, a lot of people are willing right now to pay a little bit more for a refundable rate, mm. right? So if you have a non-refundable rate that will sort of anchor the price and that will help people make a decision whether it's a good deal to be a non-refundable or a refundable rate. So it's just comparative shopping, if you will, from a good practice, from yeah. a best practice perspective. The second thing that I would say is if business travel is your problem, then your midweek um, stays are your problem. Then, you know, why not offer incentives to stay one extra night, right? Stay the weekend and actually fly out on Monday instead of flying out on Sunday or whatever. And, and that's what when Jens is saying, we got to get creative. I think that's what we need to do, right? And you say, hey, you know, st do the weekend midweek and it's whatever, 20% off. And I think sometimes it's just how you package the communication versus, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays are 20% um, off. Nobody really feels compelled to that, right? And if you package the, the communication, they spend a, a midweek, everything is open, the restaurants are open, the bars are going, uh, people are on the streets and so on, and you're going to get the weekend experience um, halfway through, you know, the week, and you're going to save some money and maybe go spend it on a, on a more expensive restaurant, right? And again, it's these sort of things, and you can package that in. So as Jens was saying, booking engines nowadays allow you to do all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah. As long as you communicate these, these offers well, and people find your hotel on the OTA, they come to your website and they find out, wow, there's this offer here, which is a lot more interesting for the same price as the OTA, um, we'll do that, right? I'll never yeah. forget, we had a customer that, you know, had four, one offer on the OTA, say it's a hundred bucks, it doesn't matter, right? And they had four offers on their booking engine, all of them for a hundred bucks. It was like um, ticket to a show included, uh, you know, uh, the tram ride included and whatever, right? So. Actually, so the whole point was, you know, price is not the differentiating factor here. You should select the offer that you want to have. So it's yeah. these sort of things that I think people can innovate with and go sort of back to where we were in 2017 with all these ideas that were really taking yeah. traction back then. Yeah. 
Yep. Okay, excellent. Well, as I said, we are coming up close to time, but uh, let's just quickly look at this slide, Pedro, because it's an This was just a question, uh, a question that we made. Uh, it was a one-time thing, and we said, how confident are you in the rate of vaccination in your destination? I thought it was very surprising, right? So 8.2 out of 10, it's, it's, people are very, very confident that vaccination is going well. And I think as long as this um, continues to hold and, you know, and, and you know, um, the the severe the severity of the of the of the disease remains very under control like it is right now. People mm -hmm. will continue to travel, so I'm I'm very optimistic for the future, and I think most people are too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I think with all of that said, uh, we'll wrap up here and say um, thank you very much, Jens and uh, Pedro, of course, for the the very. No, thank you. Data. Thanks. And uh, to, to the viewer and to everyone online watching, thank you all for, for taking the time and to tune in and watch. We know your time is very valuable and precious, so we appreciate it very much. Um, if you haven't been able to uh, get, get it and have only just come in at the end, it will be available online as well, um, on demand. So you can also get it on our website, on also um, Pedro's uh, Great Hotels of the World and Guest Centric as well. We'll also have it available. So there's uh, no, no chance that it will be missed. Uh, but until then, I think uh, we will say uh, goodbye and uh, thank you all, uh, gentlemen, again for joining us. It was great to have My you. My pleasure. And, uh, yeah, until next time, it's bye for now. Bye. Bye.